Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Five. The following program is paid for and presented by Tony Mart Presents. The opinions expressed are not those of Town Square Media or station advertisers. everybody doing out there welcome to the united states of america here we are almost uh, out of the country for almost four weeks and we're very happy to be back in the greatest country in the world but still the greatest country in the world and it's always affirmed even when we come back from italy we still feel like we live in the greatest country in the world and we came back from Chile, and Santiago was great, and the wineries were even greater. And um, we have a lot of stories to tell and uh, a lot of great wine to talk about. And in a matter of uh, just a few minutes, we will have our very own wine goddess, uh, Julia Riley. Uh, Nance, what am I missing? The middle name? Julia Stacy Riley. The correct term or the name of the goddess is Julia Stacy Riley, and her book about the boozy lifestyle, which I, I want to talk about when we introduce her. Uh, Mike Riley, of course, uh, these these folks have become, you know, just great friends, great colleagues, and uh, a real godsend to us. Uh, it, it really helps us a lot when people like John John Laroe and the Grizz and uh, you know, they jump in and they do all the things that they do. Janice Johnson, who happens to be the president of city council, uh, you know, people like that who are so much a part of what we do. And, and as a result of that, we have a great announcement we're going to make in just a minute. Uh, and then we want to talk for a moment, as I just told Mike Myrell, about the the real, this, the, what I call the synchronicity the, the cosmic uh, kind of um, synchronicity uh, that we have uh, somehow or another uh, uh, by meeting this tremendous character on the cruise ship, uh, Boris. You know, all I can say about uh, the cruise ship experience was, thank God, 
that was Boris and his Cracker Jack team serving me hand and foot some of the finest food I've had in a long time on the uh, on a ship. But otherwise, technologically, it was the love boat. Okay, I won't even mention what cruise line we were on. It was the love boat. It was like the technology of trying to handle me and my handicaps and tendering and trying to get us to the boat in Buenos Aires was like the Flintstones, okay? Uh, however, um, we do also have Tony Martin nostalgia because we are in Universal. We are right here in a beautiful uh, resort, uh, the um, Westgate Resort, where Nancy has somehow finagled this great two-bedroom condo for us, and uh, we're very happy to be doing the show uh, here uh, and uh, ready to start to rock and roll. Speaking of which, we'll have Bob Everlin from the Hoot, the Hoot Root, uh, a long time ago, before uh, there was an AC Weekly. Uh, and of course, now we're blessed by the presence of other angels, the, 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 the karmic blessing, I like to say, uh, of um, Shore Local and, and all of the things that, uh, that we talk about. Um, there was Hoot, and um, Hoot is, uh, was a great newspaper. A lot of you remember the Hoot Group, and Bob Everlin uh, was our sales representative, and we did, uh, I think, almost as much partying as we did work. I can see I'm already running late, uh, but uh, I do want to make an announcement um, that's very important. It's not brand new. It's, it's been out. But I want to emphasize it and start explaining uh, uh, some something about it. Uh, on August 7th, Wednesday, August 7th, we are going to have Devin Allman do a free concert on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. As long as we get the funding uh, that we ex anticipate getting, if there's no problems with New Jersey State Casino Reinvestment Development Authority. And of course, with the blessing and the help of the great people at City Hall in Atlantic City. I mean, Marty Small uh, has been one of our greatest advocates because he recognizes the need for the people to be able to have Chicken Bone Beach concerts, great world-class jazz. And Tony Martz presents Mardi Gras on the boardwalk where we're everywhere based on the music rooted in New Orleans uh, and the music that, uh, as they say in New Orleans, that's our next spot. Next week we'll be uh, live from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, the music that left became jazz by way of St. Louis, Chicago, and New York. The music that stayed in the Big Easy, well, that became rock and roll. Anyway, uh, Devin Allman, of course, is, in my opinion, the greatest of the next generation of all the uh, Allman Brothers progeny. Great performer, really excellent performer, intense, very emotive, and a great guitar player, great band and musicians that he has around him, songwriter. Uh, and this is with all due respect to uh, 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 Derek Trucks, 
because Derek Trucks is a great musician, uh, a fine songwriter, one of the world's greatest young guitar players. Uh, so we're very fortunate to have this generation of almonds, and we're even more fortunate to celebrate the legacy of the Almond Brothers at Bay Shores, at Tony Martz, at Steel Pier in 1971. And uh, we're going to do that on Wednesday, August 7th. So I'm telling you all now, make your plans. It's a $10 parking fee underneath Boardwalk Hall. And up you come to the Boardwalk and see Devin Almond and his band. They are headlining Jazz Fest. And, and this year, a jazz, what's the Jazz Fest ticket this year? They have single days up to about 100 bucks now, right? Uh, they are headlining Jazz Fest the day they are there. And they're going to be free on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. And I am very proud and also extremely thankful for all the people in the city of Atlantic City and the state of New Jersey who are uh, moving forward to fund that when Tony Marr presents Mardi Gras on the boardwalk in Atlantic City at Kennedy Plaza. And we open up with one of the greatest bands in the world. Many of you have seen him with his band, Southern Hospitality, but Victor Wainwright has become one of the top emerging Americana jam bands. The Piana from Savannah on June 26th. That show opens up. I mean, that series opens up with that show. And then we do Cafferty. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band on the 3rd of of, uh, of July, and then in Summers Point on the 4th of July, uh, celebrating for the first time ever that legacy. And I believe we're going to have Janice come on and talk about that, Janice Johnston, because she is actively helping us raise money for the city of Summers Point so that we can... Uh, get this thing totally rolling beyond belief uh, what we're going to be doing in Summers Point this year, Tommy Castro, Third World. But that's another story. I cannot keep the wine goddess waiting. But before we get to Julia, Stacy, Riley, and Michael Riley, I, I do want to mention something about Boris. Um, it's one of the things that I love the most about what we're doing right now is this, this cosmic synchronicity. Um, I wrote a piece that's in the blog every, every week you can get our blog. You can go to TonyMart.com and see it right now. But many of you, especially the younger ones can do that on the keyboards and the time it takes me to talk about it. But, um, Boris, was an absolute blessing. Uh, he was that great dining room captain, maitre d', who was just a wonderful human being, incredible character, every night taking care of us. We fell in love with him. He loved us. As you can imagine, he and I, old school to old school, really got along great. And then as we got to know him better, you know, it turned out, that his wife was in Odessa. He lives in Odessa. That is his home. 
you know, he lives on the cruise ship, of course, but in two and a half months, he goes home for an extended time. That's life on a cruise ship. You work for six months, then you can go home for a couple of months and back and forth. That's what it's like for those of you who don't become intimately acquainted with people who work with you and for you on the cruise ship. Well, when I found out that he was Ukrainian, I said, oh, my God, what a story for the times, because we feel so strongly. And um, I think I will let my words, I'm going to quote myself here from my blog that we put out. Again, TonyMart.com, you can sign up to get the blog and sign up to do anything, get a T-shirt, whatever you want to do. Uh, but... um uh, Boris is a living legend of the age of the Grand Sea Cruise. And Nancy and I used to go on the Norway, the SS Norway, which was the SS France, which had their own blues cruise. Uh, and we saw so many great people on that. Like the year we saw the Browns, all the Browns, Ruth Brown, Charles Brown, and Gatemouth Brown. That was the year of the Browns. <laughs> Nancy's just smiling because I got it right. The first time. Anyway, Boris is a living legend of the age of the Grand Sea Cruise. Boris is from the Ukraine. He is a Ukrainian citizen who has worked on cruise ships for much of his life. He lives in Odessa with his wife. By the grace of God, we hope and pray his family and all of the Ukraine will realize the blessing of peace. Now, knowing Boris... Now that we know Boris, knowing Boris, we are overwhelmed with empathy and care for these brave and noble people. All right, time for the wine goddess. Julia, you've been doing a lot of homework. The other night, I tried to get you on the phone, and Nancy set up. They're probably sampling. Michael and Julia Riley, uh, you got to spend some quality time with uh, our good friend, Chester Malloy, the wine master, and he showed you what uh, the uh, winter wine sale at Circle Liquor was all about. Hi, Carmen. Hi, Carmen. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for having us on. Uh, oh, um, you're very yeah. welcome. And by the way, I want to mention that Julia has her own website and has a great, funny book called The Boozy Lifestyle. Julia, why don't you give us that information before you start? Um, Boozy Lifestyle is a um, collection of stories about uh, my experiences and friends and family. And all these stories tie into wine, cocktails, and sometimes food because even boozy people have to eat. <laughs> the other night. Boozy Lifestyle yeah. is available on Amazon.com and it's um, a paperback and an ebook. Uh, and, and they just Boozy Lifestyle is the name of the book, and they can go to there. Or you have a website, too, right? Or I have I a website, that? too. It's, it's boozylifestyle.com, and it has a link right. to Amazon. Or if you go to Amazon, I think it helps to find it if you put my name in also, Boozy Lifestyle by Julia Stacy right. Riley. The, the other night, Michael, um, my uh, 20-year-old tour guide, who didn't know too much about the history of the, the buildings or the architecture, but did know how to get to some good bars and restaurants. Um, he took us into a trendy section 
of a very hip city called Santiago, Chile. We really liked Chile. And um, uh, I ordered a sangria. This was after because we had been drinking serious wine. You know, so I said, I think I'll just chill out with a sangria. And they brought it out to me uh, uh, like a frozen drink. It was like a frozen, frothy sangria. Oh, my God. Red sangria. Wow. It was Oh, it was, he was really, really far south. <laughs> What's that? I said he was really far south. <laughs> man, you know me. That's uh, uh, my right down my alley, man. It was like having a a a, 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 um, a frappe, as they say in New Orleans, or a frap. <laughs> in English, you say frappe uh, of uh, uh, you know. Uh, Really cool. Anyway, so, uh, my friends, tell us about what Chester Malloy has been showing you all. Uh, well, let's start with um, La Pistola. Um, that's a winery right. in uh, Chile. Um, it's in um, the Col- Colchagua Valley, and um, they're um, known for uh, Cabernet and Carmenere. And the interesting thing about the start of um, La Pistola, it was founded by the great-granddaughter of the founder of the French Cognac Wine Company, Grand Marnier. And I found that because I was looking up Grand Marnier one time, and I had heard of La Pistola, and I came across that connection. I I thought that was very interesting. It's not too old. Um, She started it in 1994. Um, but it's been it, it's pretty well known. It was like one of the first Chilean wow. um, cabs was the one that I I heard had heard of first. And Mike and I stocked it in our liquor store back in 2010. Right, right. They, Mike and Julia owned and operated their own liquor store. They didn't just fall into this. <laughs> but once we got to know them first from the music, then then from the the wine and everything. So they're very in-depth, deeply knowledgeable about a lot of this. That's funny. You know, uh, you and I were talking before the show. We've been drinking this stuff almost as long as they've been making this stuff, this Casalampa Stole. I think so. (laughs) Well, that's four great... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have to check out the Coquimba Valley is not uh, in the general area of Santiago, I think it might be a little north uh, because a lot of people would refer to the north when we talked about uh, other major wine producing areas. I went to Casablanca and then I went to the famous Maipo Valley. uh, And we'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, four different wines you tasted. Yes, it was Colchagua. I know they have one that's like Colicha or something, but this one was Colchagua, and it's actually to the south, um, which when we think of south, we think of warmer, but in Chile, it's all upside down, so south is right. cooler, right. <laughs> so it's a cooler climate than like Maipo Valley, I right. think, is, to, is north of there. Okay, so, um, you're, you're, yeah, so I was completely wrong. It's south of Maipo, and uh, right, okay. Um, so, but they had a couple of wine uh, wine valleys uh, regions that um, sounded very much alike, so it was easy to get them confused. <laughs> um, Chet found us uh, four great um, 
wines from La Pistola. Um, I'll start with the Carmenere because it has a very interesting story to it. So some years ago, uh, people were drinking a, a Merlot from Chile and other parts of South America that um, they thought was very good, but it was very different from Merlot that they drank from other places. Well, DNA testing became popular, so they started testing some of the grapevines, and they found out right. it wasn't Merlot, it was Carmenere. Right, right. Surprise, which surprise. Is, which is a, a classic vine that came from the Bordeaux region primarily, along with other areas of France, and, and just happens to be used in these um, Bordeaux blends. Uh, you know, we'll talk about... This is going to be an ongoing story. We've, we've learned a lot, as you will hear, between Julia and the gift that Chet has given us, this gift to celebrate our trip to Chile. And she's talking about those wines right now because we went to three wineries ourselves. And uh, it was very interesting because the Carmenere is a grape that is part of the classic Bordeaux blends uh, that are out there. But, of course, in uh, these places, Maipo and, and, of course, this place you're talking about. Of course, I went to one of the wineries that really started doing the Carmenere in a big way as a singular varietal. Uh, and um, I had in Santa Rita Carmenere. Then I had the big Concha Toro Carmenere uh, uh, a couple days ago. But anyway, this is a... Varietal, primarily Carmenere. Yes, it was primarily Carmenere with just a little bit of Cabernet Franc, Syrah, mm -hmm. and Grenache added. Very different taste uh, than the, the other big reds like Cabernet and Pinot, uh, Pinot Noir and some of the others. Um, the, the, the smell, the aroma was different. Uh, it's really pleasant. It was a good bottle, too. Yeah, it's, it was very good. Um, well, so we, we would recommend that. Uh, the Carmenere has all the qualities that Merlot doesn't have as a singular varietal grape. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why Chile has put this on the map, you know. Uh, I mean, made this a world, world uh, wine. Uh, what other ones have you had? Um, they make a um, one called Apalta Red Blend. Apalta is um, a subregion of that area and they had um several levels of this and um some a little more pricey but the one that chet has that we picked up was uh regularly 30 on sale for 20 dollars and this one also is something that doesn't um you know it drinks way above its price point it's really uh, quite good this, it's is a blend. A, this is a, a star of the winter wine sale um a yeah. Apalta, yes. Um, and this is a, a Bordeaux-style blend uh, with 54% Cabernet and 23% Merlot, a little bit of Carmenere, a little bit of Cabernet Franc, and a little bit of Syrah. That's a blend. Right. So a really, really nice red blend. That sounds great. Uh, and, and what else? Uh, that sounds um, like a win right there. How much was – what was the price? What is he selling that um, – uh, that Merlot, uh, that wine, that Cabernet, um, Carmenere. That the Carmenere is regularly 24 on sale for 19. 
that you know, Carmeniers are not cheap, and even in Chile, they're 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 uh, you know because it's it's like their national thing, and it's it's like Cabernet de Napa, Carmenere to these places we're talking about. What what else, babe? A nice, accessible uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. It was mostly Cabernet with just a little bit of Carmenere, Syrah, and Petit Verdot. And we had to represent the whites, uh, a Sauvignon Blanc, 100% Sauvignon Blanc uh, from the Rappel Valley. Um, that's uh, like Central uh, Central Valley in the right. wine region. Um, right. Just a nice... Uh, Fruit, nice fruit forward, uh, so a little citrus and tangerine. That sounds really interesting. The um, yes. I, I, I went to Santa Rita, uh, which was an absolute uh, incredible, incredible experience I had. We're going to talk a lot more about that, as we are going to talk about these wines much more as, as well. Um, Santa Rita... I was fortunate enough through my introduction of what I do and the fact that Circle Liquor Store is what it is, which is one of the greatest independent liquor stores on earth, okay? And and this is exactly what Julia is telling you about. You go see Chester Malloy, the wine master at Circle, and this is the experience you have. Uh, But by just talking to them, because, you know, nowadays – It's like when you talk about a band, everybody can go get clips of it on YouTube in six seconds. Well, when you talk about the fact that you are TonyMart.com and Circle Liquor Store, they can check you out in less than a couple of minutes. And they were, I was fortunate enough that the winemaker himself, Sebastian, was returning to start with, you know, this is, they have a spring harvest. As Julia said, everything's the opposite. You go south and you get cold. You get into spring and you get uh, uh, you, you get uh, you get cool. It's it's harvest. It's like the fall harvest in Napa right now is the um, is the spring harvest in Chile. And anyway, he was there to do that, and he brought out four wines that were just like I said, you know, like I say about Chet when we do wine tastings. A lot of times. Chester goes four for four, and and this guy was four for four, spot on. And his Chardonnay, as I told you earlier, was the best Chardonnay I ever tasted from Chile. Not that I'm a world's expert, because I sure as hell I'm not, but I have a, a good palate, and I'm telling you, this Santa Rita is an incredible place. Their Carmenere was my favorite. And, and that compared with the $140 retail Conche Toro Carmenere, you know, the, Conche Toro is the biggest winemaker in Chile, and they have the um, lots of table wines. They had a really cool sparkling called uh, uh, Diablo Espumante, Espumante Diablo. That was really great. It was like $7 Chilean. But the $140 Carmenere was really excellent. But I liked the Santa Rita Carmenere, which we retailed for 70 So I'm going to challenge Chet to try to get us that at a Chet price. So we could all taste that incredible Santa Rita Carmenere. I just, 
I just loved all of this. And uh, what was it we were talking about before uh, the show started? Uh, uh, well, I about... think you wanted to, uh, you mentioned Chardonnay. I think we wanted to squeeze in one more great um, suggestion that Chet had and as part of the winter wine sale. And this was another one that he said, the price is just silly because it's such a good wine for the price that they're, they have it at um, regularly 30 on sale for 20. And this is a white Burgundy from France, um, Domaine Anguineau. And it's from the Maconay area of Burgundy, which is a little further south than like say right. Chablis. Um, right. And it's a very small appellation. Um, Chet mentioned that these wines were not available in the U.S. until recently because they kept this good stuff to themselves. Um, okay. And we we were able to taste this one during the week. And um, being that it was a warmer climate, instead of being a, a, a typical Chardonnay where you might have the um, apple and citrus qualities. It was more toward pineapple, peach, honeydew, melon, um, red grapefruit. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was it was very um, like plump and fresh, fruity, mouth watering. It was really really good. Um, even Mike, who doesn't drink a lot of Chardonnay, said we should buy this one again. Um, repeat this. This is Domain. What is it called? Uh, I'm Yes, A N G. Should I spell it out? A N G U E N O T. Right. And this is the white wine star of the winter wine sale right now. And what is Chet selling this wine for approximately? $20. Regularly $30, and it's on sale for $20. Again, for people who are serious Chardonnay drinkers, for people especially people who can afford to drink Pouligny Montrachet, wines of that caliber. This is a $20 bottle. And you, let me tell you, this woman right here knows, has a great palate and, and is a great wine uh, sommelier, knows a hell of a lot more about it than I do. And she's telling you, for 20 bucks, man, <laughs> this is a serious wine. So get on over to Circle. Michael, I'm sorry we didn't get much of a chance to chat, but we will have you guys back on again on, uh, I think we decided, March 16th, right? Uh, you'll be... Yeah, yeah. see you then. March 16th is good. And we'll continue talking about the wine sale, the winter wine sale. But in the meantime, go on over to Circle and talk to Chet uh, or send us an email and uh, we can have... Uh, Julia or I can answer your emails about the winter wine sale at Circle Liquor Store, uh, probably the best independent liquor store in the world, uh, absolutely the best in the state of New Jersey. I got to go. I love you guys. Sorry I didn't have more time. We'll talk soon, and we'll be back on the air together March 16th. Uh, Julia, Stacy, Riley, and my good friend, who I miss. I miss you very much, Michael. Uh, we'll I you miss you, too. That's why I said it was quiet. That was the first thing he says. Carmen asked me, hey, how is it there? Since you're not here, it's quiet. <laughs> God bless you all, man. You know where all to right. find us. Carmen, take care. Bye, now. We'd love to pick you up at the airport in Tucson. Come and see us. <laughs> We're thinking.
Okay. Bob, I'm sorry, man. We got cut off. Some kind of technical thing there. I lost you. Um, yeah, I, 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 what happens? I'm sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, what's going on here? Um, well, um, did you hear what I said in, the, in, in my introduction of you? No, didn't hear a thing. You just came on right this second. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. But when the I, whole thing when went I dead, I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. I said, okay, something's going on here. I, I fit, Well, we're on the air now. And, okay. Um, I just got done talking about, um, you know, what it was like in the last years of the Mart. You were a big part of that, uh, a part of um, what, and, you know, I realized that I'm not allowed to say certain words on the radio or you'll get fined. Uh, I mean, I, I knew that, but it came out anyway. Uh, as Jose, the white man and shotgun used to say about those years, Bob, it was another bleepy day in paradise. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and well, back in the day, people were, you know, if you said something a little bit off color and fun, people didn't get all offended. And that's, that's one of the big differences in today's society. And, and being a guy myself that comes out of a background in, in the entertainment industry, working around a lot of show business figures and comedians in particular, rock stars. Right. I mean, who was like that back in the seventies and eighties, man, it would have been a whole, it would have been a whole different thing written about that year, because that was a fun, fun <laughs> era. And it was, and it's, it's a wonder some of us survived quite frankly, back in those days, we were just going at it so hard and so fast back in those days. It was a different era, man, well, but were, we, we came through it. We had a lot of fun, um, man. You were, you were with Chris and Lou Steiner and Herb Steiner, yeah. of course, founded yeah. the magazine, Boot right. magazine. Uh, and you were with us at Tony March. I'm thinking 75, 76, right up till the end. Well, yeah, it was up till the very end. I, I, I forget what year it was. And I, I, but I was in your place. I mentioned this to you before and I, I was saying on the air, one of my fond memories, I'm 73, I'll be 74 on May the 4th. If you go back on May the 4th of this year, and you, you climb back in time, 53 years. I was sitting on a bar stool with Tony Martz. I drove there on my 21st birthday. I always said to myself, I thought that was, to me, that was Tony Martz. I couldn't go there until I was, I think, I think the law may have turned 18 at that point. I don't remember for sure. It may have still been 21, right, but, right. It must, but it must have been 21. And I came in there, but I knew about Tony Martz. My cousin, Earl Hatcher, who's now deceased, was a musician, singer, even wrote some music, and he had a band called The Surf Singer. They were like a folk rock band toward back in the day. And, uh, they bets back in the big days of the Kingston Trio and bands of that of that genre back then. Right. And right. um he and his buddies, they they swore by Tony Marsh. He said to me once he's his cousin Bob, he knew my, my passion was was music and entertainment. I used to go with him to some of his concerts, go you know, backstage and mingle with the musicians and stuff, you know. And he said he said, Someday you get of ages, you've got to make it a point to make your first nightclub Tony Marsh. And I just the thing was about that day, this is this is from the heart and soul, and you know me well. I'm a very sensitive guy, as guys go. And I'm from that old school. That day on that bar stool, and I am not joking, your dad served me that first beer. Your dad, Tony Mart himself, who became my dear, dear, dear friend. Right. He came like family with us, man. I mean, you know, right. and, and he, he served me that first beer that day. As I sat there, knowing the history of that club, even to that point in time, to 71, and it went on years beyond that, I could just feel and sense the rock and roll and music history that just had lived in this place, man. And so many people, it was like, like a fable. When you heard about Tony March, it was almost something bigger than life. And when I got involved with you guys, that helped me guys with your, with your ad in our paper and, and, and the hoot and getting to know your family personally and the way your, your father was, was so kind. I mean, 
your dad basically adopted my wife more with the detail. You know the story. No point in boring the public, right. but my wife and our family well, had a huge but, falling out. Um, and they, she and her parents, she didn't really have parents at that point. She called my mom, mommy, and daddy all the time. And your dad, when he heard that story, and he, met, he said to me, he says, you bring your family to my home. Was a, I forget what the family event was you guys were having with, like, all day. And he says, you come out. He says, I'm going to show your wife what it's like to have a real dad. He says, I'll be her dad. He hadn't even met her then. And from that first day when he met her, she so fell in love with him. And Carmen, you remember we came to the viewing, your dad's viewing. My wife yeah. took your dad's death really, really hard. I'm not kidding. That I night driving home, that. she cried all the way. She got all the way home. She ended up getting herself sick. I ended up taking her to the hospital the next day. That's for for real. Not this is no BS. I'm this is this is the truth. Like me, she's a very was a sensitive human being. And your dad just made her feel so comfortable. And do you recall the nickname he gave my wife? Uh you can say it better right? than me. You do his voice much better than me. He called her. His, he says, "My little hot tomato." He called a cookie, and, <laughs> and, and, and she and she, oh, she loved that. She's. I mean, if that had been yeah. from some guys who were just all oh, drunk young guys hanging on, that would have been a different ball game. But the way your father did it and said it, and the way he made her feel, was so very, very special. I, I want people me, to know there's, there's a human side to that one night. Second. Reason. One second. Let me interrupt you. I got to sure. say this. Um, we. <laughs> We were interviewing somebody, and uh, they were saying, you know, uh, he, he was referring to some, I don't know what it was. He said something about tomatoes, and they weren't familiar with the Sicilian uh, vernacular when they talk about a beautiful woman uh, as a tomato. You know, exactly. Sure I already was. I, I had a lot of Italian friends. So I already I already heard that right. before, and that meant a lot to me, man, you know. Right. And the guy came back to me and he said, you know, I, your father said something about tomatoes. And I went and talked to some Italian people I knew and they said, don't worry about it. It was a good thing he would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, the truth, man. But the thing was, you know, there was, a, there was a human side to why Tony Martz was what it was. And I was just privileged to be able to be on the inside and see that side that probably 99% yeah, of the people who came to that place never had a chance to see. There's a family a real yes, family, a loving family behind wife, the scenes who run this wife, place and work their butts off, man, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're, you were right there with us and saw what we did, you know. Uh, Cookie was a beautiful, vivacious, very charismatic woman, uh, and we all had empathy with her because she was, a, you know, just a wonderful, singularly great woman in so oh, many was, ways. Man. She was. She loved to laugh, loved to have a good time, and she loved you guys, man. I mean, she she just felt from the time we first came to your home together, all of us as a family, me and my wife and kids. And my wife said, "Then I have she's I have another family." And something else mentioned about your father, real just to interject about your the human side of your dad. You might remember this. Your father actually gave me the cash to buy each of my kids, both both of my sons, their first strollers. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. You know, my father. I, I, I guess, you know, I, I, I try so hard to pay tribute to him and do great things in his legacy, but I was nothing compared to my father. My father left Sicily with nothing in his pockets practically oh, yeah. when he was years old and became a living legend. And you're one of the people who knows that. That's why yep. we're going to be interviewing you and having you in the book. And because we're here in Orlando today, I had to have you on the show to start a series of 
these interviews about the days at Tony Marks and what you meant. And you were great. You were a very big part of it in terms of helping us with the ads, taking the ads, generating the publicity. To this day, that is what I do for Tony Mark Presents and for the Summer's Point concerts and all the other things that we do. We rely on people nowadays. We and, and I want to get to get get you together when you're in Jersey with um, the people from uh, the, this this great. We finally have a great weekly that feels and 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 lives what it is that uh, we have done all these years. It's called Shore Local Southern New Jersey's News Magazine. And uh, those people are great people, and you will love them. And I want to do a feature in there about you in the spring and how they are, again, karmically, karmically, they are the continuation of what you did with Lou Steiner and all his photographs and Herb Steiner and Marcia Steiner and all the people. You had a lot of great people there at Hoot, Hoot Magazine. Uh, but you were our guy. This guy What's we're it? talking to right now, everybody, this was the Tony Mark guy at Hoot, <laughs> Hoot Magazine. He was the guy that was loyal and part of our lives, and we love him so deeply for it. And I'm so proud to have him on the show and to have him in the book and to have him on this. I want to do this article. You're going to see it uh, in, uh, in Shore Local about Bob Everlin uh, from the Hoot Root. And I guess you guys out there in radio world know that we did a little party in two back in the late 70s. Right, Bob? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all day into the night, yes. <laughs> we had some tell fun, man. Couple, tell us a couple Tony Mark stories. Tell us a, a couple of things. I knew you were going to talk about my father and what he meant to you all, your family, but let's go back to the mark, to the nitty-gritty a little bit. Well, one Uh, thing I want you to talk about, because you're the one that told me this story yourself. I remember when you told me this story, you blew me out of the water. That's this story. How many people out there are aware that Bob Dylan walked into your nightclub and saw a band called Levon and the Hawks? He signed them. They became known as the band that became rock and roll history. The band, Bob Dylan's band. They were at Tony Martz. And I want you to tell the stories, if I remember correctly. I Was that you or you and your brother were at the door that night taking cover charts when Bob Dylan walked in? Am I remembering that correctly? But tell the story. That, that's true rock and roll. I mean, I don't get much better than that, man. Bob Dylan discovered the band in Tony Martz. Oh, my God. You're, you're completely right about the fact that he discovered the band when they were Levon and the Hawks in uh, the summer of 65. And we have been doing a lot of things based on that. We did a, we did a thing for Robbie Robertson on the boardwalk. Yeah, we we lost Robbie, man. God bless him. We lost him. He was great, man. Yeah, and we're going to do the Tony Mart legacy of the last waltz this summer uh, and the, uh, the 24th and 26th of um, July. Wednesday in Atlantic City on the 24th, Friday the 26th in Atlantic City, and we're doing two shows in Cape May this year, and one of them is on Monday the 29th of July, again, 
the legacy performance of the last waltz, which was the Martin Scorsese movie. Oh uh, yeah. That yep. they did eleven years after that happened. But I do have to say that it was not Dylan, it was his emissary, a famous guy named John Hammond Junior, whose father built the famous Hammond organ. He was the guy that came in and said, I'm here representing Bob Dylan. Oh, I thought Bob Dylan himself were there. Okay. No, but but the next day, Bob Dylan himself called the old wooden phone booth back by the snack bar. Remember the old phone booth? Yes, sure do. And that's when he spoke to Levon, and Levon went to my father and said, Tony, uh, this guy named Bob Dylan wants to hire us. He was making, Dad was paying him $1,300, uh, for six nights a week, plus the apartments upstairs. Uh, and uh, I won't go into any of the fringe benefits having to do with, shall we say, uh, access to friendly uh, members of the opposite gender. Uh, we'll just we'll just skirt <laughs> right over that uh, because uh, they went with Dylan the next day. I mean, the next week they left. Dad threw a party for them, and right. they were making 1300 working for us. And Dylan offered him $5,000 to go to Big Pink and be in the studio and then go touring. And they went to the Newport uh, Folk Festival and got booed. Uh, I cut Levon and Robbie and got booed. No, I don't think Levon actually went to the Newport Festival. Yeah, he went up there and he got booed at certain dates. And you know what he said was, you know, Carmen, I wish I was back on Bay Avenue because I was liking them sandwiches at the coach's corner. And uh, I was liking <laughs> And the, the coach's daughters were pretty good, too, let me tell you. <laughs> hey, by the way, one more thing I, want, I definitely want to touch base on, because I, I was just privileged also to be able to be there and watch true history being made again. When I was on the set with you and Tony, right. uh, on the set of Eddie and the Cruisers, and some of the right. stuff walking around. <clears throat> but the, the other thing about that is I want to say there was something that happened Let's move the, the clock forward. That was the eight. Let's move the clock forward. I moved down here in 2000. My wife, Cookie, passed away on time in 2006. It was a year. It was 2007 or 2008. There was an all-star rock and roll show being held on. It was for one of the Disney golf tournaments down here at the town of Celebration, the town that Disney actually created back in the day. They don't own it any longer, but they created it. It's like a whole developed city, basically, right, right, right Disney World. You may have heard of the town of Celebration. And the concert was right. there. And it was... Uh, John Caffrey and the Beaver Brown Band, and he had with him Jimmy Jameson, who was the lead singer of um, uh, what, what he was um, Survivor of Survivor. He's now passed on. The Hoppin Brothers, right. the two guys, the brothers that found Orleans, they're now passed away. They were there. Um, oh, d- the lead singer of Lover Boy, um, oh Mike Reno. Mike Reno was with them. But before right. the show, my sister had, had somehow met and, and, and caught up and became friendly with, with John Cafferty. And she informed me this was going to go on. It was, it was free to come out to see the show. And so she had let John know I was going to be there and what I had gone through losing my wife. I'd been grieving. Before the show, here comes John out to get me. I we're down all the way down front, basically. And he says, come with me. Takes me backstage. We walked back by a lake. It was back pretty much, pretty back far from where the concert was being held. It was getting dark. And he says, look, he says, man, he says, I, I heard what you've been through. He says, uh, so if I lost my wife, I got a call. He says, Bob, I didn't, wouldn't want to be here anymore. I said, well, thank you. That's welcome my world. That's where I was that day. 
he, I proceeded a breakdown. He held me in his arms, man. He was, he was wonderful. And he, he, I mean, he, he got, he got teary eyed. This would never probably ever happen. Had this whole thing not happened with me being on the, on the property that of, of the set on the set of the movie at Tony Martz. Again, another part of my life, such my, so much of my life history is involved with Tony Martz. That's the thing. And yeah. personal, you yeah. know, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that truly is. And, and I, and, and, and tunes, Tunes then came out there with us as well, and he, he couldn't have been he couldn't have been more generous, man. I mean, he was just just so very 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 kind, both of oh those guys. God. And I and I we or we, we ended up talking about Tony Martz. Obviously, we did. We started talking about Tony Martz there that night, you know. Right, right. Those guys are some of the greatest rock and rollers left on this planet. They are so oh, yeah. great. Oh yeah, man. But but good people. That's the thing. Oh my God! You, I, find, I you can't you find a nicer guy than John Cafferty. No, no, you know, Nancy um, uh, laughed so hard the last time I was talking to him about doing dates uh, this summer because he's going to do uh, Wednesday the third on the boardwalk, Fourth of July in Summers Point on the beach on Bay Avenue, and he's going to do Cape May. We're going to do the legacy of Tony March presenting an Eddie and the Cruisers. Reunion party in Cape May on Saturday, August third this year, and Cafferty said, "Look, Carmen, whatever you can do, we're coming." That's the way he negotiated the deal. Okay, he's incredible. That's he's incredible man. That he is, and we have so much love for him. And I want you to know that when Tunes—I don't know if you know—that Tunes had to have his mouth reconstructed. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And we we did two fundraisers and each time we said we raised thousands for tunes and, and i'm That's very fantastic man oh, he deserves it <clears throat> he's a good he's like again i always say there's a human side to every business man and, and sometimes right. and, and I, I learned being around big name entertainers so much of my life that the one thing they right. yearn for is just to be treated like a normal human being because people look at them like you're bigger than life and here's your image like as you as you and i both know and my public will know everybody knows me well at all knows for over 17 years, I've been a very, very dear friend with, with recording artist T-Pain, who's been known as a rap artist. He's also a great R&B artist. He's been just touring everywhere. Just served out, just serving out his first residency in Las Vegas. And he's got the whole con- tour of the East Coast coming up. Right. But we're, we're, we're really good friends. I know he's a guy, they see this rapper, this crazy guy on stage with loose language and stuff. They don't know off stage, but an incredible, generous guy is a guy who was once homeless as a child who now owns five entertainment companies. And has been a very, very, very dear friend to me and my family, who I love to death. People don't understand there's a human side to every whatever what you see, and it's the whole idea of entertainment is to, to make you escape your issues and live a fantasy out. But once those people are off camera and off stage, there's a real human side to them, man. And when we're getting right. to know John Cafferty and Michael Antunes, I got a chance to see them. Great, just great guys, man. Right, right. Listen, Avril, I'm sorry. Uh, for, by the way, I've called him Everlyn for, you know, uh, 40 some years. years. No uh, disrespect, man. So that's, 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 I, if I hear anything different from you, I think you're mad at me, man. <laughs> just the opposite. I, I owe you an apology because I ran overtime and then I lost you for a couple of minutes there. I don't know what happened in the technical glitch there. Uh, but in any event, will you come back and continue this next week? Do you think you can do that? Sure. On Saturday? Okay. Yeah, because I got, yeah, I got to go. I got two minutes to sign okay. off. But I would well, like just, to just, continue just, this. Just, just send me a text with the details. That's all. I'll, I'll call you after the show. 
Thanks, right, everyone. Man. I love you, man. Bob Everlin, everybody. Bob Everlin, a giant in the media history of the last years of Tony Martz. At the Hoot Root, for those of you who remember the Hoot, uh, I, um, I want to thank all our sponsors, uh, Rich Gerber. I didn't even have a chance to talk about Rich Gerber Insurance, and I apologize for that. Next week we will talk about Rich and the great things that he does. Uh, please feel free to call him at 609-653-9101. Uh, uh, and, of course, our lives are about the Circle Liquors Tour. We're chasing that great grape with Chester Malloy at the Circle Liquor Store, and uh, they are the greatest independent liquor store in the world. Nancy and I are here in Orlando. We'll see you next week from Big Easy, New Orleans, Louisiana. Until that time, let the... The preceding program was paid for and presented by Tony Mart Presents. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.